Welcome to the One Big Thought Podcast. This is a podcast for real ministry for the majority. I am so grateful that you joined us. I am Andy George, and I'm joined with Ken Hester. Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Jamie, you're with us as well. How are you doing? Hey, hey I'm here too. Yeah, I'm doing good. It's I'm always good. wonderful to have both of you here. You know, we got something cool happening, you know. This is now this is now February's podcast, yeah. the first one in oh. February. Wow. We've, we've gone two months. We have a two months in our pocket of podcasting, uh, and it's making an impact. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of messages from people that are listening, and and we're not only across the United States. We've made it to other countries around the world, which is always pretty good, and it's because wow. of the listeners. Yeah. So those of you listening right now, make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you comment, make sure that you like it, make sure that you share this podcast because it helps. And I believe, otherwise, why well, do this, right? I believe it's making right. a difference. It's making a difference in people's lives because I love That's talking. That's Yeah, I love talking ministry and love talking ministry with both of you. You, got, you both bring such great wisdom and insight into our conversations. You know what else that means? You know what else that means? That if you've got two months already logged in, what? then now you can binge listen and catch up to all things one day. <laughs> I was so excited to hear what it meant. <laughs> yeah, if you're behind, you can binge this listen is, now. This is true. That's right. If you're just now catching on to it, uh, go back and this listen. Starting true. starting with the introduction podcast and then working your way through the last several two months of it. <laughs> but we got a great uh, program, a great episode right now. People are going to be blown away by who we have on this podcast. That's right. That's right. Um, back in December, I actually had an opportunity to start a conversation and and have a great one with Jess Beeler. Jess, uh, home has been run, on, by the way. Oh man, she. I mean, I still, I'm still thinking about like all the nuggets of wisdom that she's going to drop for you guys. So, without any further ado, let's get right into that conversation with Jess Beeler. Well, today we've got Jess Beeler. Jess is an incredible friend and even more incredible mom. And she leads and helps kids ministry leaders all across the country. She's a coach for the Generis Group. And uh, her and I have crossed paths many times in ministry. And it's an honor to have her on the podcast today. Jess, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. It's like old times working together here. I know, right? I know. So it's a... Uh, it, it's a flashback for real. I remember, uh, I think one of the things that I like to put in in my feather, the feather in my cap, right? One of the things I love to do is I love to say, I got a compliment from Jess Beeler that I was the campus pastor who loved kid, kids ministry the most. So. I was about to say that about you. I was about to say, you are my favorite campus pastor ever, because we would always say, well, we know Ken will do it. <laughs> like when we were trying to get like buy-in, we'd be like, oh, we'll know Ken will do it. He can lead the way. So That's yeah. right. <laughs> That's right. I love kids. I love kids ministry, next generation, all that. But of course, we're in one big thought and we're always trying to help in practical ways, applicable ways, help ministry leaders, help lead pastors gather a thought around how to move their ministry forward. So when it pertains specifically to kids ministry, Jess, what would you what, what's one big thought you want to share with people? Yeah, I mean, we've we've known for decades um, that it's all about connections, right? I mean, it's I mean, even down to children's ministry, student ministry, adult ministry, our impact is going to be through relationship. Relationship is connection, and mm -hmm. so if we're going to make an impact, especially following COVID, so post COVID, and we're all believing there's going to be a post COVID season, <laughs> right? right. Um, 
then we have to be really intentional right now during this season um, to make sure that no family, no child, no student is falling through the cracks. Those connections really do matter. What does that mean though? Like, what does it mean that, yeah. that don't fall through? Cause that's so ambiguous. It's such a big thought. And I know that's what this is called, but that's such a big thought. Like how do we drill down and like make sure that, you know, no family is falling through the cracks. Well, I'm a big systems girl. And so I feel like you really do have to find a system to where you're using your lay leadership. Um, yeah. and you are dividing up those families and you're saying, Hey, here are your 10 or your five or your eight. Um, you know, here are your, um, you know, your five. And, and if you have layered leadership in your org chart, um, whether that be volunteer staff, volunteer staff, um, whatever that may look like, um, make sure that every layer of leadership is connecting with someone. So that, yeah. that's how, that's how we ensure it. So I think right now, during this season, it really is about connection. I also, when it comes to the connection piece, I was having a conversation with, um, with Carrie Newhoff a couple of months ago, and he made this statement that just like imprint implanted into my brain. And I was like, I will never forget this. He said, there is no out in the local church. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, that's so true. Like there is no one that is more um, like set up for success to minister to the needs of our community than the church that's in that community. And so there's no out localing the local church. So what does that mean when we take that idea and we put it in the con, you know, the, the concept of, you know, making sure that no family falls through the cracks. Well, that means that our connections are probably going to be meeting needs, meeting physical needs, meeting emotional needs, anxiety and depression are skyrocketing right now with students and children. So what does that look like? Well, we won't even know those needs unless we're talking to the people in our congregations and unless we're talking to the people in our community. So we have to constantly be reaching out to them, us pursuing relationship with them. I think that is absolutely key. So um, I do believe right now that staying connected in this season um, is crucial. I also just want to put this out there. I think that post COVID the greatest growth engine for any church is going to be the family ministry because we have legitimized Mm -hmm. online attendance for so long, right. we had to, that's what we were forced to do that. And we, we all said, we <laughs> yeah. all said like, it really is church. We really still are a body of believers. I promise, you know, we're still coming together. And, and now people believe us because we said it so often. And so many people have convinced themselves that they can get what they need from a screen, but kids and students can't. They can't get what they need from a screen. Um, they need relationship. They need friendship. Kids and students come to church for two reasons, for fun, and friendship. That's why they come. They're yeah. not going to get fun or friendship from a screen. And so our greatest growth engine in the next season is going to be family ministry because kids and students will bring their parents back to church with them. And so that's why right now it's so important that we stay connected to all those people. So we have the opportunity for them to drag their parents back. Yeah. So yeah. Jess, I, I love that. I love everything you just said. And, and there's a lot to unpack there. Let's back up to the connection thing about falling through the cracks. And so you, you gave a couple practical things, but right now, one of the things that, you know, at our church we're, we're not necessarily struggling with, but trying to constantly innovate of how to do, you've got a ton of churches who aren't and can't meet in person. you got yeah. other ones who are a hybrid mix, and you do have some that are just fully back, depending on where they are in the country, right? So what would be some very practical ways for pastors listening right now to lead their staff, if it's a staff of one person, two people, three people, hundred people, whatever it is, and for kids, workers, volunteers, and pastors and ministers all alike, how do you actually stay connected when you can't actually have a kid run up to you and give you a hug and shake the hand of a mom or a dad? You know, What are some best practices of how to actually stay connected right now? 
Yeah. So I would start with your database. Um, you need you need a list of the people who actually attended your church. <laughs> Good start. Yeah. 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 And then you also need any any first time guests. If you've opened for a season, maybe you've closed back down, but you you need. I mean, there were a lot of people even at my church here in Georgia, which were a little bit more open than other places in the country. But we had a ton of first time guests when we opened our doors. Like people were in desperate need <laughs> of of God, and so they right. all came to church. And so you need a list. So you need to look at your database. Um, I thought if it were me and I was pulling that from the database. I would look at anyone who attended two or more times from January through that March 14th date of that cutoff of 2019. And then I would also look at anyone, any first time guests that you had um, during this time. Um, you know, if you if you've opened, if you've not reopened, then you're going to have to kind of rely on on the, those pre-COVID numbers. So you're going to take those numbers. Now you have an, like a list of families, a list of kids, a list of students that you need to, to follow up with. Then really, really practical. This doesn't cost you a dime. What I would then do is create a document, go into go into Excel or Drive or Numbers or whatever it is and create a document and put all those families names, you know, set a column for all the families names, assign them a leader and then make columns of dates. So, you know, December, what's today? December 17th, 18th, 20th. So the, the week of the 20th. So December 20th um, and then t- December 27th and then whatever, January, whatever it may be. But you're having columns and then upload this document. Once you've got all the families and you've assigned them a lay leader or staff leader, or whoever it may be, upload that document into a drive and then share it with everyone and say, hey, all I need you to do is log on every Friday and put a check mark in those boxes. And just let me know that you have followed up with those families that have been assigned to you. If you see a, a volunteer that or a, or a lay leader that hasn't been you know, checking the boxes off, then we can you know, call them, make sure they're, they're okay, first of all, and then also hold them accountable. I would probably also include a notes column in there because if someone has you know, contracted COVID, we definitely need to follow up and pray with them. We may need to help them financially, whatever it may be. So make sure that you have a notes column there, but share that document with everyone. And then that allows you to hold them accountable. And then also finally, practically speaking, I would just say define connection. Right. That's what I was trying to get to. Like, what is that? Is it virtual? Is it drive-by? Is it, you know, what is it? Yeah, I think that it's not an email. Yeah. <laughs> Connection does not equal email. Right. Um, and so I, I think you do kind of have to say if we're going to require, you know, four touch points a month or two touch points a month or whatever it is, the standard that you set, you need to define what that is. So a touch point could be a text. It could be a call. It could be a voice memo. It could be a FaceTiming call. It could be a porch drop where you bring something, um, you know, a little small gift and you put it on their porch. But you have to define what a connection is and then kind of also put your requirements. So we would like you to do two calls. Calls, one text and a porch drop once a month. Once you kind of, you know, Ken and I come from a background where we said, think inside the box. That was one of our values. Think inside the box, define the box for them. Like mm-hmm. this is what a connection is. Just stay inside this box and you will win. So mm-hmm. I think that's practically speaking, how we execute, how we make sure that no family's falling through the cracks. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Great practical things. So here, here's a follow-up question to that. Again, things I'm hearing, not just from our own kids staff, uh, but also from a lot of the pastors I talk to, is that that all sounds great. Love to do that. I can't get my volunteers back because mm-hmm. they're afraid to come back or they're just not ready to come back yet or they've just totally disconnected over the last... Because, you know, the problem with COVID is that it's created this kind of a massive consumer you know, thing where it's like, hey, if there's one little thing at your church I don't like, I'm just going to bounce to another church and I can visit 10 churches on a Sunday because everybody's online now. So speak to the volunteer culture that can be actually worked on and built 
during a time like this where you don't have your typical in-person happening? Yeah, well, I think one, first of all, I just want to say that right now what I'm seeing, because I coach ministry leaders around the country, only about 20 to 30% of our volunteer base is ready to re-engage. Right. Um, most of us were already operating in a deficit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we, are, we are 20 to 30% of a deficit, um, you know, and so it's a, it's a hard place. And I will say, if you've not been connecting with your leaders, then you're in a really tough spot right now, because I would say that you have very few, if any, people who are willing to come back. Um, it's been a really hard season for everyone. However, you have to start somewhere. And so where do you start? If you can't connect with every single family, then you start by connecting with your leaders. So the same thing that we were just talking mm-hmm. about, Great. the call, the drop off, the text, the voice memo, you start there with your leaders and you do that for four, eight, 12 weeks. And then once you feel like you've developed that relational equity, they might be buying in again. They might be ready to step back up into some kind of volunteer role. Then you can begin to assign it. Hey, if this has been, has it been helpful for you just for us connecting? Would you mind to do this with two other families? I really feel like they could benefit from So then, but you can't just, you can't call someone that you've not talked to in six months and be like, Hey, I need you to care for six families. Like that's not going to work. So if you, if you haven't been, or if you find that your volunteer base is, is not healthy, then we have to start by getting them healthy and just caring for them. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. So I want to circle back to another thing you mentioned. You mentioned the growth engine when churches are actually back living within next gen kids, students, which I, I thoroughly agree with that. So if you're on staff at a church, and you've been in this pre-COVID thing, you know, start off the year, hey, we're excited, we're great. All of a sudden, everybody hit the brakes. Uh, most people went virtual. Now we're starting to come back. So project now that we're back to whatever the next normal is, right? So this has been a, a big disruption, right? Not just an interruption, disruption. We've heard those terminologies, agree totally with that. Things have changed. What would you do? What would be some of the first things that you would do knowing, okay, we're now back, Social distancing is lightening up a little bit. People feel more comfortable. We're back in the building and we're still online. So what would be some of the first things that you would do to get that growth engine moving? Invest in small group leaders. Hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, right. I mean, here, here's the thing. I, I said it earlier. Kids and students come to church for two reasons, to have fun and to make friends. Both of those things are facilitated by the small group leader. Yeah. So if we want them to have a blast then they need to be connecting with their small group leader and laughing and having a good time, if they, if we want them to have, to create friendships and we need to have great games and, and great programming that then, you know, like helps that small group group leader facilitate that fun. And so how, but I mean, honestly, those are like the hands and feet of Jesus. Those are the ones who are literally ministering on the ground week in and week out. And so invest, I know right now, 2021 budget is like big question mark. Like we all think we know what our budget's going to look like next year, but we're not totally for sure. The one thing I would say don't cut out is your training, your leader development, your mm. resourcing of your small group leaders. Like that is absolutely crucial. Kids will come to church for relationship, for mentorship, for friendship, for fun. And all of those things happen when you have a healthy small group environment. So invest in small groups. The other thing that I also would just focus on because fun and friendship, I would also those first few weeks, don't get so caught up in the Bible story. The Bible story is important. But when we actually go back and we're all together, it should just be a massive celebration. Like, let's just celebrate the fact that we're all together and we can hug again. Yeah. <laughs> we can give yeah. high fives. And it should yeah. just be 
fun and attractive. So make it fun, make it attractive and focus in on those small group leaders. Yeah, that's great. And that, and what I like about that is that is stuff that people can be doing right now. Like whether you're in person, whether you're virtual, whether you're hybrid, you can do training and small group training and leadership development. Like you don't have to have it in person. One of the questions that I think I've heard from you know, I'm listening to podcasts. Uh, you mentioned Kerry Newhoff, love his podcast. Uh, there's others that are very similar that are great in church world. Got a, the Church Pulse podcast, all these podcasts. And it seems like everybody's hovering around the idea that things are are changed forever, right? It's, it's just changed. Jess, as you look at the landscape and talk to to people, how, have, how do you think kids ministry is impacted and changed forever? What, what are some of the things that you're like, you know, this is probably going to be a lasting long-term change that we got to adapt to? Yeah. You know, I think for the first time in maybe a couple of decades that the smaller churches actually have the benefit right now. That's Um, very true. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like right now um, that the flash of ministry is so irrelevant. It doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, like I, I love an excellent environment, but honestly, right now, as long as it's clean and sterile and people are protected, that's the most crucial thing. I'm not even so much worried about if you have a slide that enters into your children's area. I don't care about that. Um, And I think, so I think that for the first time ever, the one thing that has Mm. changed, it's really not a change it's just almost like a reversal is we've just really gone back to the basics. Yeah. Like what really matters. It really matters that I know the leader that's teaching my child. It really matters that I have those meaningful conversations in the hallway. It really matters that they're communicating questions that you know, are conversation starters for my child. And again, that's great news for most church leaders out there who are on a tight budget because those things don't cost any yeah. money. Yep. Uh, and so I really think that we're kind of moving away from the flash and we're moving towards the authentic. And that's really good news for most of us. Yeah. 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 I think that's spot on. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. I love that too. I mean, it's that authentic, it's that genuine it's, I mean, it's really ultimately why all of us got into ministry in the first <laughs> place. Right. Yeah. So it, it's even, it's even rekindling something that God placed inside of us however long it was, five years ago, 10 years ago, 25 years ago, whatever. And and what you're talking about is is those basics. It's connection. It's care. It's the connection to your leaders. It's the care for those leaders. It's the connection to your your families and the care for those families. And it, it sounds so simple, but for some reason it's become so difficult. And when we get back to our basics, I, I truly believe that that God's going to do something exponential, supernatural. He's going to use us the way that he used the early church in reaching people through care and through connection. So Jess, thank you so much. Um, Make sure to tell Frank, hello. I think I'm on a phone call with him next week (laughs) just to catch up. But, uh, but I love you. Love the Beatlers. Love your family. Tell all the kids I said, hello. And thank you, thank you again for just sharing your heart, sharing a little bit of practical insight to kids ministry, and uh, and really hopefulness to to what's next. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. This has been fun, you guys. Yeah, appreciate it. And Jess, I want to give you kind of the last statement to say. So you got people listening, whether they're lead pastors, kids kids pastors, and people in ministry, right? This is where it's targeted to. And you've kind of mentioned it, you know, mental health, spiritual health, overall health encouragement is hard to find these days. Uh, would you just encourage everybody? Just just drop somebody in a word of encouragement of just like, hey, 
be encouraged over this. Yeah, you know, I, I do the talking points from stage um, at my church. I volunteer there. And one of the things that kind of hit me in my prayer time last week and then I shared from the stage was that, you know, 2020 hit us like, you know, like, I mean, we none of us, we, we were, couldn't have imagined it. It was completely unexpected. Um, but God knew 2,000 years ago what 2020 was going to bring. And so like this, he's not, he's not surprised. This wasn't unexpected. And, it, and if he wanted to, he could clear up this pandemic with a snap of his fingers. The fact that he hasn't means that there's still more for us to learn. There's still more, more ministry for us to do. And so when we think of it that way, this is just another opportunity to do God, God's will and to, and to minister to our local communities. And, and so, I mean, when, I think when we think of it that way, like God is still working, he's still in charge. He still has a plan. I think that's really encouraging to all of us because it just means that we then can help him activate his plan on this planet and we can actually make a difference. Yeah. Amen to that. Thanks just so much. 